Hey, welcome to Flipping the Field, the college football podcast about all of college football. I'm your host, Patrick Mayhorn. I'm not joined today by my co-host, Ryan Donnelly. Um, he's taken the day off. He had a uh, had a late night. And so I'm just going to do a solo show here. This is the, I believe, the first time we've ever, we've ever done something like this. Um, I've watched a lot of these games that I'm going to be talking about today, uh, breaking down a, a really weird and, and sort of chaotic and I, I think instructive, hopefully, week three of college football had some some kind of major upsets, some big games that I think actually for the first time this season kind of lived up to the hype, namely Penn State-Auburn. Um, and I've, I've, I've gone back and watched a lot of these. I was obviously, as, as people who listen to the show know, I was at Ohio State Tulsa to cover the game for Buckeye Sports Bulletin at 3.30, from 3.30 until what felt like uh, midnight. It was a very long game, but I have both Sunday morning here and yesterday watched a, a good portion of Saturday's action, and I, I think I've got some thoughts on it, and uh, I don't have Ryan here to bounce them off of, so I'm, I'm just going to sort of work through what I'm thinking about college football, work through what I saw um, here live on this on this show. And uh, if you like something like this, please do uh, please do let us know and, and I'll, I'll keep doing them because I don't I don't mind. I've got lots of thoughts and, and I think it's uh, hopefully valuable for me to kind of work through this stuff uh, in, a, in an audio medium instead of just thinking about it on the treadmill or, or at work or whatever it is. Uh, first up here, I'm just going to go time order when these games started sticking in the top 25 to open here. Michigan State 38, Miami 17. Man, I think I was wrong. I think we, the general we, was maybe wrong about Michigan State as a concept, um, not just as a as a team this year. Um, <clears throat> personally, I thought that the idea that Mel Tucker was going to add a significant infusion of talent into Michigan State's program, I thought it was a silly idea. I didn't think that it was really possible to get that much talent at Michigan State, um, at least not not right away. And you know, twenty twenty certainly wasn't a terribly encouraging year for for him uh, for a number of reasons at, at Michigan State. But I, I think that this team and and I say this with a big caveat being that I don't know I don't know how good Miami is. It seems like Miami's not very good. Which I think is is important to to note here, which means that Michigan State really has has still yet to play a, a good team to this point, and I think that that is worth mentioning. Michigan State, I, I believe, should have some some pretty good games coming up here shortly. Nebraska next, and then Western Kentucky. So never mind. Um, but it does go to Rutgers on the ninth, and at Indiana on the sixteenth, and then Michigan to end out October. So we we should know sooner than later about how good this Michigan State team actually is. But this this was really good. This was really impressive. This is a Miami team that has talent. Certainly it's a Miami team that I think might have a new head coach next season from what I'm seeing from, from pretty much what they're doing. This, this team looks pretty lost. Um, I mean, when De'Ara King's throwing the ball almost 60 times, 38 to 59 for 388 and two touchdowns, I think you've kind of lost the plot on offense. It's, it's very strange that this Miami team isn't better at running the ball. I'm not sure how much of that I can really confidently chalk up to the Michigan State defense but on the other side of the ball Kenneth Walker the third I think has made a, a much larger impact than I expected he would the the Wake Forest transfer um he's really good I mean he's 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 really really good 27 carries 172 yards um he's been he's pretty much the the lone feature back there which is something that I think Michigan State has been lacking for several years now and and something that Mel Tucker maybe 
realized that that the previous staff didn't, which is that if you've got four or five not you know kind of decent running backs, you don't really have any, and you sort of need to pick one and stick with it. And this this is working. Kenneth Walker the third is is very good. This offensive line is playing quite a bit better than I thought it would. It is an experienced group, which helps. Um, but I I've been impressed with Walker and Peyton Thorne. I think has has sort of gotten the job done. He is 18 to 31 for 261 and four touchdowns. That's not bad. He's he's not a he's not a great player by any means, but he's got he's got receivers who can make plays, namely Jalen Naylor and Jaden Reed. Um and if you can get the ball to him then then what more can you what more can you ask? Um as an aside real quick just as I look at this. I can't believe Connor Hayward er, is uh still on this team. It feels like that guy has been at Michigan State for for about 20 years. Um but yeah, I, I think Michigan State is is progressing quickly to to good. Um, if if not, if not very good, um, <clears throat> I'm I'm curious to see what that looks like against better teams like Indiana, like Michigan. I'll talk about both of those programs in a little bit. But it, it's it seems like Mel Tucker has done a much better job of of infusing his team with talent from the portal and working that into the team than just about any other coach in America right now because a lot of those other portal teams, Miami chief among them, really just, it doesn't seem like these guys are clicking into place. Charleston Rambo had a good game um, on Saturday, but a lot of these new faces at Miami just aren't very good, um, or if they are good, they're not really showing it especially well. Um, I, I think that, I think Michigan State is is just, Mel Tucker has, has built a, a culture there that has impressed me quite a bit. I, I didn't think he was going to do this, and he has. Um, next up, also a noon kick, NIU 10, Michigan 63. Man, we uh, we need to have a conversation here about, about Michigan's rushing attack and about the Michigan offense in general because through three games, and I'm going to give the same qualifier here that I did for the Spartans, um, I don't think that these are three particularly good teams that Michigan has has beaten here. Um well, Western Michigan's pretty good. I think that the Western Michigan win is, is going to look a lot better as the year goes on because I think Western Michigan is one of the probably better teams in the MAC. I, I would say probably pretty comfortably at this point, especially given that it seems like Toledo is, is full on bad. Um, and, and Washington obviously does not quite have the, the offense that you would want to, to compete with Michigan, especially in the big house. But Cade McNamara just does what they need him to do. Eight of 11 for 191 yards is, is not much, but... When you've got this offensive line and this rushing attack, I don't know that you need that much because Blake Corum is really, really good. And Donovan Edwards looked really good in cleanup time. And Hassan Haskins is sort of a known commodity, but I think he's also good. Um, it seems like Cornelius Johnson is kind of coming into his own as a, a bigger play threat. A.J. Henning looked, he only had one catch, but I thought he looked pretty good on that one catch. Um, even Eric All, who was not good last year as a tight end, was was getting a little bit more involved on catch for 23 yards. I think that Cade McNamara is doing a really good job of spreading the ball around to I wouldn't call I wouldn't call this a good receiver room, but a capable receiver room, and he's he's doing a good job of keeping Michigan on schedule so that it can keep running the football. Essentially, if if Michigan can stay ahead of the chains, I think that this is a really really good offense. This is what I wanted to see from Josh Gaddis, Josh Gaddis and, and Jim Harbaugh when they first made the hire. It feels like the correct combination of their two ideas. Of course, we need to see it just like with Michigan State. We need to see it against better teams. Um, 
but I so far I I've got no complaints. I think that Michigan looks really good. I think that the the uh, the three four that that they're running on defense looks pretty good as well. Um, I'm not sure if Rutgers is going to be the full test here that we're that we're maybe looking for. Although Rutgers is not, I don't think it's a bad team by any means. Um, and and obviously on the road at Wisconsin should be a little bit more valuable, but. You know, beyond that, Nebraska, Northwestern, I don't think are going to challenge Michigan. Michigan State should be a good game. Indiana should be a good game. Penn State should be a good game, and then Ohio State to end the season. Michigan is in a pretty good spot here. I think. I think nine and three, ten and two, on the on the low end is perfectly realistic. And and if this rushing attack is as good as it looks, and the defense is as good as it looks, I think that Michigan is as as NIU head coach Thomas Thomas Hanek said, much to the. Uh, chagrin of, of Ohio State fans. I think that this Michigan team is well built to to compete with Ohio State. It runs the ball well. It's physical, and those are two things that Ohio State uh, isn't and and or isn't super well versed in or, or prepared to to play against. Um, staying in the Big Ten at noon, Oklahoma twenty three, Nebraska sixteen. I think Spencer Rattler is is maybe showing us the ceiling here because this this kid is is supremely talented and I just don't think he knows what he's looking at. Um, and it's been, it's been a couple years now. And I think that, you know, year two starter, you, you need to start to, uh, need to start to understand what you're looking at. And he just doesn't. And this is a really good Nebraska defense. I'm, I'm going to give Nebraska credit here while I, <laughs> while I, I talk about how, how Oklahoma is maybe not very good. This is a good Nebraska defense. I think that we can, we can kind of wash away that week zero game as, as less, definitive of what this team can be the loss to Illinois and more of week zero um this Nebraska defense is is full-on good I think it did a really good job of preventing the the big plays which is what Oklahoma likes to kill you with these receivers I think are not helping Spencer Rattler a ton um which is weird to say given the talent that they have but Jadon Hasselwood is is I don't think he's quite living up to what Oklahoma wanted him to be um and it feels like there's just not that top end you know Hollywood Brown style guy there and who knows maybe they find that guy maybe that guy is Hasselwood or 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 Mims or you know god forbid Bob Stoops son but I think that right now the Oklahoma passing attack is is limited in a way that we haven't seen since Lincoln Riley took over the rushing attack doesn't really stand out to me as being significant Eric Gray is there I think he is still Eric Gray. Kennedy Brooks is is there as well, but neither of those guys feels like a game breaker to me. Um, that's enough Oklahoma. Let's talk Nebraska. Um, Adrian Martinez really, really impressed me here. I, I think that I think he is about what we thought he was, just like Spencer Rattler, 19 to 25 for 289 and a touchdown. Also had a, a an interception that was sort of semi-viral because of a, a really nice play from the defensive back and uh, a bunch of people complained because it cost Oklahoma 15 yards of field position, uh, which is just a stupid thing to even think about. Um, it was a really cool play. But Adrian Martinez, I thought, played really well here. I, he's still, he throws the ball like a jackass. He he just, like, it, it doesn't seem like he has full use of his shoulder for whatever reason. Um I don't know if they're teaching him to do that, but it's 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 very funny. Um, but he was he was hitting deep balls here. He was hitting his receivers, and the throws weren't necessarily very pretty, but they were getting there. Um, and that's that's better than than what he had been doing. I thought that the rushing attack was was 
there as well. Um, I think Gabe Irvin got hurt in this game, which is which is too bad. I did not see that injury, but from from what I gathered, he he did. Um, Xavier Betts is kind of coming into his own as a deep threat. He had one big catch down the field, and and I, I would like to see more of that from him. Omar Manning as well, uh, who had a uh, had a nice touchdown reception. This Nebraska team, I don't think is 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 especially. Good. I don't think that this is a top twenty-five caliber team by any means, but I've been impressed three weeks in a row now. I, I think that it did what it needed to do against Fordham. It, it impressed me against a, a Buffalo team that I don't think is terrible, and did this against Oklahoma. It took advantage against a, a flawed Oklahoma team. I think that the upcoming game against uh, or on the road against Michigan State is going to tell us a, a decent amount about both teams, especially given that Michigan State's going to be coming up against some defense that I think can resist it for the first time. Um, Texas A&M 34, New Mexico 0. Not going to say much about this one. Zach Calzada, 275. Um, looked pretty good. Looked looked improved. Looked like he had a week of practicing as the starter. Uh, Cincinnati, 38. Indiana, 24. I watched almost all of this game. What I didn't watch, I listened to on the radio as I was driving into Ohio Stadium, um, which I wouldn't recommend on game day. But... Um, I this was about what I was expecting. Cincinnati is a Jim Dressel team, essentially, and, and that means starting really slow, especially on offense, kind of getting into gear in the third quarter and then pulling away in the fourth quarter with both really efficient offense, specifically on the ground, um, third down, passing down situations where your quarterback just always seems to be able to make a play, and most notably a couple uh, turnovers forced on the defensive side of the ball. Cincinnati has a, I believe, recovers a fumble right near the goal line, their own goal line in the fourth quarter. Um, I don't remember if they did anything on that drive. I don't I don't think they did, but I, I could be remembering wrong on that. And then later in the game, nursing a, I think nursing a one-score lead, they uh, nab, a, nab a Michael Penix interception and take it down, and then they do score on that one to, to bump this lead up. Um this is what you do if you're a good team. This is this is what good teams do to to win football games. Cincinnati is a good team. I I don't have a ton to say on Cincinnati. It's got to get the early start stuff figured out before somebody takes advantage of it. Um, somebody maybe being Notre Dame, although I don't know if Notre Dame is is especially good or if it's any better than Indiana. Um, Jerome Ford also the the rushing attack in general, but especially Jerome Ford's got to be better. Um, but I think Cincinnati did what it was supposed to do. On the other side of the ball, Indiana, I was impressed with the game plan. I think it did much better this week in in setting Michael Penix up to succeed. Of course, his stat line doesn't necessarily reflect that, but I liked how much DJ Matthews was involved out of the slot. I liked how much Peyton Hendershot was involved at tight end. Stephen Carr had two receptions. Ty Freifogel, Ty only one reception for 13 yards. Probably should still work to get that up, although he was covered really well by, by Cincinnati. But I liked what Nick Sheridan did to get um, get other receivers involved to get Michael Penix a little bit more comfortable. It's just that this is a really good Cincinnati team. It's a really good defense, and I, I think that Indiana is in a much better place moving forward than I felt about it even last week on a blowout win over Idaho. I think that this Indiana team proved itself capable of, of self-reflection and proved itself as a, a team that can still compete in the Big Ten East as, you know, for, for a bowl spot and maybe seven or eight wins. Um, next up, West Virginia 27, Virginia Tech 21. Um, I don't feel great about about running it up on Virginia Tech because I really don't dislike Justin Fuente. I, I, it's it's weird to me that that it hasn't worked there in such a severe way, but it was it was uh, it was kind of obvious that this Virginia Tech team was not especially good. Um 
West Virginia very nearly blows it still, but I, I think that this Virginia Tech team is is what it has been for several years now. It's it's kind of okay on defense. The offense is deeply limited by a passing game that's just not especially good, and a rushing game that's somehow even worse. Braxton Burmeister with a, a really ghastly uh, last possession here as, as Virginia Tech nearly drives down and, and wins this one, and really almost comes all the way back, but... Um, I don't. I don't have a ton to say about this one beyond these two teams look like about what we thought they were. Jared Davey is fine. Had a really bad interception late in this game that almost cost West Virginia dearly. Um, Letty Brown, running back for West Virginia, really, really, really good. He is a he is a talented player. Um, I uh, I think we liked him last year as well. I, I enjoy watching that kid play. Big time win for Neil Brown. I think he. I don't know if he needed this, but it's it's certainly helpful to have. Uh, Coastal Carolina twenty eight, Buffalo twenty five. I did not get the chance to watch this one. It looks about like what I thought it would. Buffalo a little bit more of a fight than than maybe people were expecting, but it had a good first quarter. Coastal was just more consistent. Grayson McCall I thought played pretty well. Um, Shamari Jones certainly played pretty well as well. I, I don't have, again, I don't have a ton of thoughts on this one beyond Coastal maybe needs to get it in gear a little bit quicker. Um, just just sort of similar to Cincinnati. Um, it has been liable to, to start a little bit slowly this season. I don't really know why that is. I'd have to look into that further because you would think that that offense really wouldn't yield that kind of thing. And I, I don't know where that's coming from, but um, I have I have more confidence in Jamie Chadwell to get that fixed than I do in, in most college football coaches. Notre Dame 27, Purdue 13. Um, Purdue's not very good. I think we kind of knew Purdue wasn't very good. This was a, a, a really good Kyron Williams game. The stat line doesn't necessarily reflect it, but that kid is just really, really, really solid. 12 carries, 91 yards, and a touchdown. He, of course, had the big 51-yard breakaway score. He also had a 39-yard reception for a touchdown. Um, he's he's doing a lot for this Notre Dame offense right now, like m- way more than even the stats show. Uh, Jack Cohn, 15-31 for 223 and two scores. Uh, he's Jack Cohn. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. He's Jack Cohn. I think Tyler Buckner probably should get the nod here. Maybe right now, <laughs> if I'm if I'm Notre Dame, given what you got coming down the pike in, in the form of Cincinnati, I think Tyler Buckner is, is better and will give you a better chance to succeed. I don't think Notre Dame makes that move. Um, this is a little bit of a bounce back game here for Marcus Freeman's defense. I say that eh, with some trepidation because the passing game, not great. Um, did force two interceptions, but I, I would chalk that more up to Kyle Hamilton than I would anything else. Um, neither of these Purdue quarterbacks is especially good, though. <laughs> um, Jack Plummer, 25-36 for 187. That is not... That is not very good. Rushing attack, not especially strong here either. I think Purdue maybe needs to call it on Jeff Brom at the end of this season because there's just nothing left there. Um, and it stinks because I, I liked when Purdue was was sort of looking like it could do something, and I don't I don't know why it fell apart so quickly. Other than Jeff Brom can't find a quarterback, but it's uh, it's I think that this is I think this is just about done. Uh, Clemson. 14, Georgia Tech, 8. I don't know what I don't know what's going on out here. I, I will I will openly tell you I don't know what's going on out here. DJ Uyunglele looks not good. Uh, 18 to 25 for 126. Will Shipley, 21 carries, 88 yards, two touchdowns. Um, not a terribly not a terribly efficient day. It seems like a lot of Clemson's problems are still in timing. It, it feels like DJ just is not on the same wavelength as his receivers. Um, I don't know what's causing that. I don't know if this is a 
a larger structural issue with this offense. It's it's been a, a not very good season to start here. The offensive line is is bad, um, and Georgia Tech is a good team to take advantage of that because it really likes to dial up pressure. I think it did a good job of that here. Um, I don't know what's going on with Clemson. I think the defense is pretty good. I, I think that Georgia Tech maybe isn't a great reflection of that, but the the defense has has impressed me, and I think bounced back from kind of an embarrassing end to the 2020 season against Ohio State, where uh, Brent Venables was kind of pantsed by by Ryan Day, and I'm I'm it's looking less and less like Ryan Day is is uh, capable of doing that very frequently. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, on Georgia Tech, the offense still just isn't very good. I think that if it was good, it would have won this game. Eight points is not going to cut it, um, especially because two of them came on a safety. But you do it without your your starting quarterback, technically speaking. I'm not really sure that that, uh, there's a huge difference between Jordan Yates and the guy who was playing before him, but I can't blame him too much. Jameer Gibbs needs to be more involved. 11 carries for 30 yards is not going to cut it. That kid is really good, and I think that they should be giving them the ball more. doesn't help that the offensive line is not giving him a ton of space to work with. But Probably an encouraging win here for Georgia Tech. One at least, or an encouraging loss here. Goodness for uh, for Georgia Tech. One that Jeff Collins can at least sell as showing progress, even if that's not uh, true. Um, next up, Iowa thirty, Kent State seven. This is an Iowa game. Um, it, they're just going to do this. I think Iowa's just going to do this twelve times this season. Um, for, for, forced another safety in the first quarter. I don't know how many that is now, but it feels like a lot. Tyler Goodson, I thought played way, way, way better than I've ever seen him play before. 22 carries, 153 yards, three touchdowns. It is the Kent State defense. Take it with a grain of salt, but he looked good. I thought Spencer Petras got the job done, 25 of 36 for 209 and a touchdown. These receivers, I will never know any of their names, and that's exactly how Iowa likes it. Um, it feels like they're all tight ends, and that's that's Iowa. <laughs> this this whole thing smacks of Iowa to me. Dustin Crum, I thought, played pretty well given the circumstances, but this Iowa defense is just really good it's 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 a really really strong group and it did it this time with uh I, I believe fewer yeah just one turnover forced which is I would say improvement because those those turnovers long term being your uh being your your solution defensively is maybe not terribly viable but if you can do it against a I think good Kent State offense a Kent State offense that I think might win the MAC um then more power to you I think that that's a, a good win for Iowa a uh uh you know certainly better than losing that game they got Colorado State and Maryland next so should be 5-0 and heading into a home game against Penn State on October 9th um I'm becoming more convinced that that will actually be fun to watch, which is exciting because I was not I was not terribly thrilled about that game um, coming into this week and, and coming out of it. I'm a, I'm a little bit more interested in it. Ohio State 41, Tulsa 20. I don't think I'm going to go terribly long on this because I, I have done so elsewhere and cover the team for a living. Um, this Ohio State team is just not very good. I, I, I will try to avoid delving too deep into what's not very good about it. C.J. Stroud is, is hurt and isn't playing particularly well even even if he wasn't hurt I don't think um the passing game looks just kind of weird um Chris Olave not a single reception in this game the star of the day the guy who saved the game for Ohio State were it not for him I think Ohio State loses here freshman halfback Travion Henderson who is excellent he's he's really really good um 
Tulsa, I think, had a kind of a weird game plan here and still almost came in and win. It came in and passed a bunch, 54 attempts for Davis Brin, 428 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. He completed 31 passes. I don't know if passing the ton on this team is necessarily the, the, the path I would take, although it was working, so it didn't matter a ton. But I do think that, that Tulsa could have benefited both from running the ball more and actually going for it on multiple fourth and shorts from inside the Ohio State red zone because uh, you're Tulsa and you got to do that when you play at Ohio State. Uh, I don't think that things are going to get a whole lot better for this Ohio State team. I think that we've kind of seen the uh, the future here. It should beat Akron pretty easily uh, this next week. But then road trip to Rutgers, Maryland, road trip to Indiana, and Penn State in October uh, loom large, I will say, because I, I don't think this team's very good right now. It, it very nearly lost this game. It was 27-20 with about four minutes left before um, C.J. Stroud finally threw a touchdown pass. Um, yeah, I don't think this team's very good. I, 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 uh, I'm not sold. I, I need to see quite a bit more from the defense, even with, uh, you know, a new guy calling the defensive plays and Matt Barnes, they, they're just not very good. I don't think specifically on defense, but it seems like CJ Stroud also maybe isn't the guy at quarterback, Alabama 31, Florida 29. Um, I don't know. I don't know about this. I think Dan Mullen's a really good coach. I think that this this sort of confirmed that for me. I already knew it, but this <laughs> furthers it. it. It seems like every time he's in one of these games, he proves it to me. Um, Alabama comes out absolutely firing. Florida withstands the punch as well as anybody has, I've, I've ever seen. It, it's not often that you see this happen against Alabama where it goes up 21-3 in the first quarter and then the other team doesn't just die. Um, huge game from Malik Davis here I, I thought was excellent this Florida rushing attack is is really good I really like watching it even with Emory Jones a quarterback who I don't think is the better of the two but Anthony Richardson did not as far as I know did not play here the Florida passing attack was fine largely in the last three quarters it, it mostly got the job done the Alabama passing attack meanwhile was kind of also like Ohio State's and that it was just weird. Bryce Young, 22-35 for 233, three touchdowns. He didn't handle pressure as well as I had seen him do it in the past, and I don't know if that's a, a Todd Grantham-specific thing, as funny as that is to say, but I'm, I'm interested in that because this was Alabama, I think, its first real test against a good team, given that it seems like Miami's not that. Um, Southern Miss game should be an easy win. That team is not there yet, but... Ole Miss and Texas A&M back-to-back on October 2nd and 9th. Um, I'm excited for that. I think that's going to be... I think those are going to be two insanely different but extremely fun games for for very different reasons. Shout-out to Jamison Williams, four receptions, 61 yards. Um, deserves to get the play that he is getting out there, and Ohio State, I think, uh, wasted a lot, of, uh, a lot of talent in not using him better. Arkansas 45, Georgia Southern 10. Georgia Southern's got to fire Chad Lunsford. He's not the guy... This offense is stale. They are they are making a mockery of the option. This is a program that should be quite a bit better, and it's just not. KJ Jefferson, thirteen completions for three hundred and sixty six yards, three touchdowns. It's uh, it's hard to do it much better than that. Traylon Brooks was really good here. Rushing attack was was still pretty strong, um, although it was it was sort of helped up by by fourteen point four yards per carry for um, uh, Dominique Johnson. Uh, this team's good. This Arkansas team's good. I, I think that it is is not a, a serious SEC West contender because that brings with it quite a few more, um, I think, details that, that maybe Arkansas has not yet reached. Like, I don't think this Arkansas team is going to beat Alabama. That seems like a bit much or Texas A&M, but can it beat Auburn? I mean, I think so. I think it absolutely could. Can it beat 
you know, Ole Miss maybe should be a fun game. Can it beat LSU? Yeah, I, I, I think most teams should beat LSU. This uh, this next stretch, I'll say I wouldn't recommend Texas A&M at Georgia at Ole Miss and then Auburn. Get one of those, and I think you're feeling I think you're feeling okay. Get two, and I think that you're you're giving Sam Pittman a, a lifetime contract. Um, I'm I'm curious to see that. Georgia forty, South Carolina thirteen. Nothing really to say about this one. Georgia took care of business. Rushing attack still kind of not very good, but JT Daniels was back and and came back with kind of a fury. Um, South Carolina not good. Um, North Carolina fifty nine, Virginia thirty nine. Sam Howell. Uh, maybe he can do it all by himself because 14 to 21 for 307, five touchdowns. Um, it seems like uh, <laughs> it seems like North Carolina has found one receiver in Josh Downs. Um, I don't know if that's going to be enough long term for them against maybe better opponents. Virginia's defense, I don't think, is especially good, but it got the job done here. Big game for Ty Chandler as well. The Tennessee transfer, 20 carries, 198 yards, two touchdowns. I'm not going to believe this as a as a long-term thing for North Carolina, where I think that this team is capital G good. I don't think it is. I think Virginia just doesn't have a very good defense and uh, still played pretty well, all things considered. Brendan Armstrong, uh, 554 yards through the air. With any more of a rushing attack, I think Virginia makes this a serious game, but couldn't really find it. So I guess good for the North Carolina rush defense, not very good for the North Carolina pass defense, which is supposed to be the strength of that unit. Um, it's got three tune-up ta- tune-up games here. Honestly, maybe four tune-up games here until it plays at Notre Dame. Um, Georgia Tech, Duke, Florida State, and then Miami before that Notre Dame game. So plenty of time to uh, to workshop stuff, but uh, you, you got to win it, and they won it. Oregon 48, Stony Brook 7, no thoughts. Um, good win for Oregon. Kind of started a little bit slow, but pulls it together. Uh, not a great day for, a Pac-12, so, for the Pac-12, so to get that one was... Um, better than not getting it certainly Penn State 28 Auburn 20 this is the first primetime game in maybe two years that I think was actually fun to watch uh like ABC primetime game I I had a good time here Bo Nix is is not very good and I, I think that he will limit Auburn for the rest of the season and for as long as he's there it seems like he probably has another five years or so there somehow but Tank Bigsby was really good I don't know why Auburn went away from him late I, I don't think it should have um, Jarquez Hunter also really good. I liked a lot of the run designs that Auburn drew up here, which is weird to say because Mike Bobo is the offensive coordinator. But I think that Brian Harson did a good job here with some some trickery, some misdirection. It worked pretty well against a, a Penn State defense that I am comfortable in saying is is good at least, if not very good. Um, passing attack is is going to leave a lot to be desired here. The late game play calling leaves a lot to be desired here. I don't think that this was a uh, I don't think that this was an especially impressive performance from the Auburn offense or from Mike Bobo, who's a bad offensive coordinator, but the uh, the late gameplay calling specifically stood out to me as being kind of egregious. I think I, I don't think I need to harp on the, the goal line fade too much, but I'm sorry, when Bo Nix is your quarterback, that's an insane decision. Um, on the other side of the ball, though, Sean Clifford played really well i credit to him i i've 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 dunked on him plenty and i'm sure i will again but 28 of 32 for 280 two touchdowns and an interception you you could do you could do a whole lot worse than that um he has certainly benefited from having Jahan dotson who is a a capital d dude um but i like to see him get the tight ends involved specifically brenton strange who i liked a lot as a recruit uh parker washington also there i think that this passing attack 
I would really, really like to see it go down the field a little bit more, but I think that they have worked it pretty well around Sean Clifford, and I think we can comfortably say that Penn State is is at least a top 15 caliber team again after its, its weird year last year. Rushing attack wasn't terribly impressive either, but you got to win these games and somebody has to and Penn State did and the the crowd was really cool and I I enjoyed seeing this I liked watching this game I had fun watching this um despite some kind of weird not very good refereeing but I suppose that that is to be expected in a big game like this um Ole Miss 61 Tulsa or sorry Tulane 21 I think Ole Miss might be really good I uh I don't know how to break this to everybody. I think Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin might be a very, very good pairing here. And I think that this this Ole Miss team is full-on strong. Um, What that means for its its status as a potential contender, I don't know. I don't think this is a playoff team. But this offense is hard to, to deal with for just about everybody. And the defense... As much as I hate to say it, given uh, you know DJ Durkin's status as a guy who killed someone, um, this defense is improved. It it is not great, but it is improved. Um, it it did a really good job against Michael Pratt, who I think is a good quarterback for Tulane. Held the Tulane rushing attack mostly underwater as well. Matt Corral runs this offense with so much confidence, and it's so much fun to watch him do it. Um, I just I really like watching these guys play. I don't have a ton more on it. I really like watching these cats play. I think it's. Uh, I think it's a good time. Jonathan Mingo looked really good out there at wide receiver, as did Braylon Sanders. I know we were worried coming into the season if they could find new guys out wide, and I don't know if that's ever going to be a problem for this uh, for this program under Lane Kiffin. I think that he has done a really good job there. Um, Ole Miss gets an off week here, which is a good time to get an off week because then it goes to Alabama. Um, can Ole Miss win that game? I, I don't know. I don't know if we can get into that quite yet because we're still two weeks out and there's still a lot of things to learn in the next you know, week of football before that one. But with this offense, I certainly think that Ole Miss can can play with just about anybody. Um, a win on the road at Alabama is, is never going to be exactly an easy task, but I don't think it's impossible to think that that, that could happen, um, especially because we know Ole Miss's history with Alabama. We know that the... the secondary was susceptible last season and, and seemingly still is again at least to the the pass interference bug that it caught against florida matt corral can certainly dial those up um yeah big big time win here for Ole miss and i'm, I'm count me as impressed with this program i don't know if i'm ready to buy in fully as a as a an sec or playoff contender but um you still as i as i've said several times now you got to win them somehow and they did in in impressive passion speaking of impressive wins byu 27 arizona state 17 i said as much on twitter um but man oh man kalani satake has done an incredible job with this byu team turning it from sort of power air raid into this uh that is not easy to do (laughs) by any means uh especially you know going from zach wilson now to jaron hall's who who, jaron hall who is a deeply different quarterback um just not he's not zach wilson very few people are zach wilson was a really good quarterback and BYU has reinvented itself as sort of a, a team that will that will beat you with a rock for four quarters and rushing attack still really isn't all that good despite that. I, I think it will get better. I like Tyler Algier a lot, but it seems like the the offensive line is still trying to gel. But this defense is just spectacular. Um Jaden Daniels 
21 to 29 for 265, which is not bad, but he threw two picks. Rushing attack wasn't terrible either, but it just couldn't really ever get to the end zone. This is a really strong bend don't break. How sustainable is that in the long term? I don't know, but BYU has been really good at it in the past, and it seems like it's really good at it again here. I'm I'm jazzed up about this team. I think that these guys are really fun to watch. They've got a they've got a, a legitimately pretty good schedule moving forward as well. Um, next two weeks are maybe not a great example. South Florida, which is bad, they'll they'll beat South Florida. But at Utah State, this is an unbeaten Utah State team. How good it actually is, I I don't know. But um, then Boise State, Baylor, Washington State, Virginia, Idaho State, Georgia Southern, and USC. That's that's good. That's a good schedule. I'm. I'm very interested in these guys. I think BYU is easily the best independent team in college football and uh, looks really good. So so shout out to Kalani Satake, who I think has done something very difficult here in in reworking his team's um, entire ideology and philosophy in one season. On the other side, man, Arizona State's got to start winning these games at some point here because... uh, I don't know who it was that said this specifically on on Twitter. It... mm, I wish I could remember. It might have been Chris Vanini or somebody from The Athletic, but it, it doesn't matter. Um, but it, it does feel like, and I think this is a good point, it it really does feel like this is sort of just more Todd Graham. And why did you fire Todd Graham if you're just going to get it more from Herm? I mean, you can only go 7-5 and five with disappointing losses so frequently before you start to get kind of tired of it. This team should be better. I think BYU is really good. I'm not going to hold it a ton against Arizona State, but you got to start winning some of these games, especially in an open Pac-12 like this. Last ranked matchup, and then I'll talk through some of the uh, some of the junk drawer that I like to live in. Fresno State 40, UCLA 37. Watched this one in a, a totally legal, definitely not illegal stream at 2:30 in the morning as I was finishing up my my cover story for. Buckeye Sports Bulletin. Um, really, really awesome fourth quarter. I would imagine most of you have, have heard about this game by now or, or seen this game by now. If not, um, Jake Hayner, huge, big-time, big-time fourth quarter here for, for Fresno State's offense, playing on, I mean, it was certainly some sort of injury. I don't know what it was specifically, maybe a broken rib, something with his hip. I don't know what was going on there, but um, big time showing here from him driving Fresno State down the field not once but twice on a seriously injured left side I think it was and in finding two touchdown passes to win this game including one which is 14 seconds left uh, only 40 seconds after UCLA scored to take the lead on a really nice Dorian Thompson Robinson pass to Kyle Phillips um, I think this Fresno State team is really good I think Jake Hayner's a very strong quarterback I think Ronnie Rivers is a good running back and I think Jalen Cropper is fantastic um, whether this is a a Mountain West champion level team I think we will still I think we still have to learn that um, UNLV and Hawaii should be pretty easy wins for Fresno in the next two weeks but at Wyoming looms pretty large and then Nevada the next week at home and then at San Diego State and then Boise State uh, that is an interesting four weeks. I think that'll tell us pretty much everything we need to know about who's going to win the Mountain West. But right now, it, it certainly seems like San Diego State, Fresno State, Nevada, San Jose State, and Wyoming are all really good. Um, unfortunately, for the sake of, of the former four, they're all in the West. So really good race developing out there. I'm curious to see which of those teams emerges. I think that they all have flaws and they all have strengths, but I think that this is a... Uh, 
a really good Fresno State team. Shout out to Caitlin DeBoer, who's a, a really good football coach. On the other side of the ball, I think UCLA is still good. I think that this is still a good UCLA team. Rushing attack just didn't wasn't able to get much going here, and when the rushing attack can't get much going, this team is going to struggle. It seemed like they were a little bit hungover from the uh, you know LSU win and then a bye week and then all of the media attention that they got in the last two weeks. It, it happens. I think this is still a good football team, just Fresno State's really good. Fresno State almost beat Oregon. I think UCLA will be fine um, in the long term. Just it's not a playoff team, obviously, and and it was uh, it's too bad. But I, I think that this is still a a legitimate Pac-12 South contender. It's got Stanford on the road next. That game will tell us a lot. And then Arizona State and then Oregon on October twenty third. Those are kind of the big ones left. It also gets USC in the penultimate week of the season. That should be fun, which is. Um, new, and I'm, I'm happy for that. Elsewhere in college football, unranked games here. Louisiana, 49. Ohio, 14. Um, yeah, Ohio maybe needs to maybe needs to look elsewhere because I don't think Tim Albin is the guy. Good win for Louisiana, though. Looked better, especially in the fourth quarter. Uh, Louisville, 42. UCF, 35. Really weird situation here with Dylan Gabriel throwing the, the late pick six that really wasn't his fault. Seems like he's going to be hurt for a while, which is too bad for UCF, but big win for Scott Satterfield. Um, Maryland, 20. Illinois, 17. Talia needs some help, man, because he's really good, and there's just not much else here, which we kind of knew. Army doubles up UConn, 52-21. to 21. Um, This is a good Army team. I, I don't think... I don't think that this UConn team is especially is is a is a big challenge, but this is a good Army team, and and they did what a good Army team does, sort of just bludgeoned them. It was forty two nothing at the half. Uh, Kentucky twenty eight, Chattanooga twenty three. I don't know what to think about this one. I'm just not going to think about it. I'm going to assume that it's fine and that I don't need to worry about it. Um, Western Michigan forty four, Pitt forty one, Narduzzi. I think it's time, brother. Caleb Ellaby three thirty seven here. Kenny Pickett almost four hundred yards passing, but. Um, I think it's time, especially with Joe Moorhead doing as well as he is at Oregon. Um, Boston College, 28, Temple in Temple with three. Temple threw for 34 yards here, at least its leading passer did. Rod Carey, uh, not good, not good. Not not what you want, I don't think, and uh, this is what happens when you bring him into your program as the head coach. Minnesota, 30, Colorado, zero. Not a good showing here from Colorado and really any form. I'm not even sure that Minnesota is very good, but... Good win here for PJ Fleck, who I I think is two and one. So that's that's uh, that's about as good as you could ask through three games. Given the three that he had, they they get Bowling Green, Purdue, Nebraska, Maryland, Northwestern, and Illinois next. So I I think they could win every single one of those games and can go into uh, go into Iowa at what eight and one, nine and one, something like that. I think it'd be eight and one with Indiana and Wisconsin in the season. Um, that's that's fun, at least, if nothing else. I don't think it'd be a legitimate eight and one, but eight and one all the same. Kansas State 38, Nevada 17. This Kansas State team, I think, is good. Uh, defense looks really good. Deuce Vaughn is as he is. They did this with the backup quarterback, Will Howard, as Skylar Thompson is out indefinitely. Um, which I think is going to limit the ceiling here. But they did a really good job, I thought, against the Nevada rushing attack, sort of making Carson Strong one-dimensional. It's counterintuitive, but that's a really good way to handle this team. Um, Akron gets its second win of the Tom Arthur era, which I mention only just because of how weird that is. It's his third season, and he has two wins, so good for him on that front. Baylor 45, Kansas 7, tough 
showing here for Jason Bean and, and for, for Kansas and Lance Leipold. But I'm confident in our boy, and I think he'll bounce back. SMU 39, Louisiana Tech 37, Tanner Mordecai absolutely balling. SMU winning in spite of some some late game Sonny Dykes antics here and then winning on Hail Mary. So I guess he, he pulls it back. Eastern Michigan 42, Massachusetts 28. Uh, UMass, a little bit more competitive than I was expecting. Rushing attack was, was legitimately kind of good. I don't think this team's good, but a, uh, a better showing than I was, as I said, than I was anticipating. Um, Wake Forest 35, Florida State 14. Woof. This offensive line at Florida State is bad. It's really bad. Um, USC 45, Washington State 14, Jackson Dart 391 yards passing. I think he's your guy moving forward. At least he would be if I'm if I'm the one making that kind of move. I think he's better than Keaton Slovis. And that is, uh, I think he's just a better fit for the offense. I think he's a better player. Um, I know that that would not be echoed if I had Ryan here, but I don't. So I can, I can slander Keaton Slovis all I want. Um, Duke 30, Northwestern 23. Northwestern should stick with uh, Andrew Marty at quarterback, I think. I don't, I don't know if that's an especially hot take, but he was much better than Hunter Johnson and very nearly won Northwestern the game here. Um, good win for Duke, which didn't score in the second half, didn't matter. Um, yeah, I mean, somebody's got to win them. Uh, Memphis 31, Mississippi State 29. This was the one with the weird uh, punt return that probably shouldn't have happened from what I saw. I don't think Mississippi State's very good. I don't know if Memphis is very good, but good win for Memphis, I guess. Um, got to take them where you can get them. G5 win over a P5 win. I'm not going to not gonna complain about that. Uh, really weird one here. Colorado State 22, Toledo 6. Uh, Jason Candle, what are we doing here, bud? What are we, uh, what are we doing? 22-6 against Colorado State. I don't know about all that. Wyoming 45, Ball State 12. Wyoming is really good. Wyoming's offense is, is much improved. Isaiah Nayer is, uh, is really good at receiver. I like Sean Chambers a lot at quarterback. We were asking in the preseason about what Wyoming's offense can be, and here it is. I don't think Ball State's very good this year, but goodness that'll that'll work washington 52 arkansas state three butch jones has died um elsewhere i don't know if there's a ton else here marshall loses to east carolina i don't i don't know what to think about that at all it seems like marshall's good for one of these a year really big win for mike houston who i think desperately needed this 21 points in the fourth quarter as well so marshall uh I thought Marshall might go undefeated this season. So um, tough loss there for Charles Huff, but a, a big win for ECU when it needed it. Uh, UTSA remains unbeaten. Sincere McCormick, another pretty strong game here, as did uh, as had Zachary Franklin and Frank Harris, who's really good at quarterback. Um, Georgia State gets into the win column with a much-needed victory over Charlotte. San Diego State kind of upsets Utah. I think San Diego State is better than Utah. It did it with only 44 passing yards from its leading quarterback, but uh, welcome to Brady Hoke. That's that's what they do. We got to see the cool sort of two-point shootout here in uh, third overtime as well, which I, I don't mind. I had a good time watching it. So big win for San Diego State, which I think will be a contender in the Mountain West, as I alluded to. Um, Texas State losing to Incarnate Ward is a tough look for Jake Spavital. That's all I will say on that. Um, Utah State, 3-0, as I mentioned. Air Force, I don't think this is a great Air Force team, but Logan Bonner has has raised the floor there immediately, and Blake Anderson, I think, has established a much better culture than Gary Anderson did. Big-time comeback win here for Utah State with um, 
I can't do the math in my head. A hell of a lot of points in the uh, in the second half. Looks like 36. Yeah, that'll that'll work. LSU gets back in the win column with a win over Central Michigan. Passing attack I thought looked pretty good with Max Johnson. I I don't believe this for a second, but you know, as I have said several times already, you got to win them. So might as well. NC State crushes Furman. UAB crushes North Texas. Seth Luttrell has got to go. Um, I think that's just about it here. Texas beats Rice pretty easily. Stanford crushes Vanderbilt. Oklahoma State uh, over Boise State. Boise State got absolutely jobbed here. Should have won this game, but also um, should have been better than Oklahoma State than than to be down by that one point in in the first place. Um, Andy Avalos, I think, needs to uh, needs to get the offense going in a, in a better way. Rushing attack has just not been not been cutting it so far. George Halani leads the way with 28 yards. That's not going to do it. Um, meanwhile, Oklahoma State's passing attack is just terrible. It is just really, really bad. Northern Arizona beats Arizona. Um, Jed Fish should be fired right now. I'm serious. I'm not kidding. I'm not doing a bit. Jed Fish should be fired. This is a disastrous loss. This is an absolutely disastrous loss. That dude is horrible. Maybe the worst coach in college football. Um, and then lastly, the nightcap, which started at 1030 in the morning or, uh, 1230 in the morning, San Jose state 17, Hawaii 13. I think that the San Jose state, fun run might be coming to an end, but we can enjoy it all the same as we did last season. And, uh, a win is a win. I think Hawaii is really bad, but San Jose state didn't lose. So it's hard to be too upset about it. Um, all right, that'll do it here for my, for my solo recap show. This was a good time. I had a, I had a good time doing this. As I said at the beginning of the show, let me know if you enjoyed this. And if you did, I'll, I'll, I'll keep doing them. I don't mind. Uh, gives Ryan a chance to sleep in a little bit more because I think he takes these Saturdays a little bit harder than I do. Um, but yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at flip at, um, sorry, Patrick underscore Mayhorn. You can sh- you can follow the show at field flipping. Ryan is at B one G underscore Ryan, but you can't follow him this week because it's just me. Um, you can leave a review on Apple. I, we haven't been saying that forever, but you can do that if you want to and let a friend know that the, uh, that the only college football show that covers all of college football is flipping the field. It's available anywhere for free. Um, I would say always for free, but folks, I don't know that for sure. Uh, I will see you all during the, uh, during the week for a preview, presumably back with Ryan. See ya. See ya.